Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, you are the one who clears our vision, not from the inside, but from the outside. You shine your light to give us clarity. Help us to see you today. Help us to live in your way, the way of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. So one thing I'll often hear as a minister is that religion is bad. I don't know. Maybe you've heard that too. Maybe from people who are close to you. The cause of countless wars, intolerance, bigotry, and closed-mindedness. Maybe you've heard the same thing, and maybe you think the same thing too, or have thought the same thing. Or maybe when I'm done, you'll think the same thing. I don't know. When I hear it, though, I'm reminded of a very simple thing the great African-American scholar James Cone once said. You see, he said, you see, there's good religion, and then there's bad religion. Some religion leads to bad stuff, some religion leads to good stuff. Like anything else human beings engage in, politics, sex, economics, Religion can lead to flourishing and make people better, or it can lead to destruction and make people worse. There's good religion, and there's bad religion. James Cone isn't the only one who draws this distinction. In today's scripture passage, Jesus himself draws some pretty clear lines. He gives us two examples. He does it by showing us bad, what bad religion looks like in practice and what good religion looks like in practice, too. More importantly, what kind of people each kind produces. The first example begins with a warning. Beware, Jesus says. He tells a crowd. Beware the scribes. Beware the scribes. And the New Testament scribes are unique for a couple reasons. They're kind of like the only people who can read and write, and that's what they do for a living. Their lives are dedicated to preserving and sharing the wisdom of their faith tradition. But in the New Testament, they're usually, although not always, the bad guys. You know, like with, you know, you see the guy with the mustache twirling and the black hat comes out. It's like, the scribes, oh no. But the issue isn't just that they're Jesus' adversaries, which they often are. They aren't always. But Jesus warns against them because of their behavior, the behavior he's seen. Their appearances are deceiving. Beware the scribes, he says, who like to walk around in long robes. I thought about wearing my long robe today just to like, you know, just, to, just for the sake of that, reading that out loud to you. And they like to be greeted with respect in the marketplaces, the ones who love to have the best seats in the synagogue and honor at banquets. They devour widows' houses for the sake and for the sake of appearance, say long prayers. They like the finest, well-tailored clothes. 
They love it when somebody notices them at the store and flatters them about their line of work. They've got their own reserved pew with their name on it. And they make sure to always get a complimentary ticket to the gala dinner whenever it comes up. They use their position of authority to manipulate seniors out of their pensions, you could say. And to top it all off, when they pray, they take so long. They take so long. <laughs> Jesus warns against the scribes because their spirituality is all about appearances. For them, faith is all about gaining comforts, leveraging privilege, and gaining advantage, all the while maintaining an image of saintliness. Jesus sees right through the surface and straight to the heart of things. Seems to always be the case with Jesus. This kind of religion, in fact, bothers Jesus so much that he actually says the one day at the end of time, when everybody stands before God, practitioners of this kind of religion are going to be exposed for who they are. They'll be judged and they'll receive what Jesus calls the greater condemnation, which means possibly one of the greatest condemnations. So there's hypocrisy, self-interest, judgmentalism. These scribes are Jesus' definition of bad religion, a tool of self-interest, an instrument for power, material comfort, and financial gain, one that masks spiritual shallowness, and hypocrisy, and one that ultimately leads to spiritual destruction. Bad religion bears in its followers bad fruit. Bad religion bears fat, bad fruit. It's not good, and this is probably obvious to us. I mean, we're probably all sitting here, we're like, yeah, that's awful. That's terrible. In the next scene... We have Jesus hunkering down across from the temple treasury. This is where we come to the other kind of religion. The temple, of course, is the beating heart of the religious life for Jesus' people. This is where prayers are offered, sacrifices made, where pilgrims gather during the holy season. It's where money is collected and distributed for the priests and for the poor. Even though there's criticisms of the temple, in Jesus' words, the temple is also seen still as the beating heart of faith. It says that Jesus is sitting sort of opposite the side of the treasury. And there's this gaggle of wealthy people gathered around. You can imagine the designer clothes, Gucci, etc. Some guy shows up in his Porsche and, you know, pops out. Slaves and servants following closely by. These wealthy people are just stocking, tossing stacks of bills into the treasury, one after another. I'm taking a little poetic license. It doesn't exactly say that, but I'm trying to give you an idea of what it's saying. So there's all these wealthy people, and then there's one person that sort of hobbles up, comes in unnoticed, unnoticed by everybody but Jesus. A poor widow, it says, a poor widow came and tossed two tiny little coins into the treasury. These two kinds, they're like half a penny. If kids don't know what a penny is, I sincerely doubt they know what a hay penny is. But it's about, it's about a penny's worth, one sixty-fourth a day of income, actually, in. And Jesus points her out to her and his disciples. 
to her, his disciples. He says, truly I tell you, this poor widow has put in more than all those who contributed to the treasury. For all of them contributed out of their abundance, but she, out of her poverty, has put in everything she had, all she had to live on. So when in the midst of all this wealth being thrown around, the one person that catches Jesus' eye is this poor widow whose offering probably barely registers on the temple spreadsheet. Not even enough to, for a tax receipt. Like, I'm, we'd be saying, I'm sorry, it needs to be $20. We will send you a tax receipt after that. But Jesus doesn't quantify in dollar amounts, not even percentage of income. But he counts the cost to the person. The wealthy may have put in plenty of money, but for them, it's no biggie. For the widow, it's a sacrifice. In fact, Jesus says she's giving more than all of them combined. And it's not even just about money. I mean, we, I was reading a commentary on this. is like, this is when the pastor comes out and says, hey, the widow gave everything she had. How about you guys? But it's not just the money. In the original Greek, it says she gives all, all herself. She gives it her all. The coins are real coins, but they're also symbols. She gives it everything she's got. She gives her whole life through this symbolic act of giving that money to the temple. She gives her whole self. She doesn't hold anything back. And if you read, if you've read Mark's gospel up this point, you'll have heard some words that Jesus said earlier. Jesus said, if anybody wants to become my followers, let them deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For those who want to save their life will lose it, and those who lose their life for my sake and the sake of the gospel will save it. It's that paradox at the heart of Christian faith, eternal life, fullness of life, true joy can only be found in giving our lives fully away for God's purposes. Jesus says this widow's the prime example of discipleship in action. She trusts God so deeply, she can give everything she has away without fear of the future. She gives like God gives. And in doing so, she actually points ahead to Jesus' own self-sacrifice and his self-giving on the cross. The widow is a disciple in action. I mean, who knows even if she talked to Jesus. I mean, it's kind of interesting. So, like James Cone said, there's good religion and there's bad religion. The widow, that's good religion. Bad religion is scribal religion. It leads to selfishness, shallowness, self-centeredness. It leads to self-destruction and abuse of neighbor. But good religion is widow religion. It creates deep generosity, humility, and self-sacrifice. And it leads to fullness of life, true joy. It's all in. It doesn't hold back. It doesn't hold back. That's the difference between good religion 
and bad religion according to Jesus. Truth be told, though, for us anyway, bad religion is more or less easier to avoid. I think we certainly carry our own selfishness, our self-serving and the like. My favorite uh, doctrine is the doctrine of total depravity. <laughs> you know. And in fact, many of us find ourselves in this church because we've been burned by self-serving bad religion. And in this place, we're trying to be honest about our own limitations. Some of you really like that sign that says, church is full of hypocrites and there's always room for one more. That's what we're trying to go about. But good religion, on the other hand, that's actually hard. Good religion is hard. Our inclination is to compare ourselves to other people, especially the worst examples like the scribes. We set the bar only as high as, at least I'm not as bad as the scribes. And that is religion. But according to Jesus, good religion isn't just avoiding the bad. As Dietrich Bonhoeffer once wrote, Christianity is less about cautiously avoiding sin than it is actively and courageously doing God's will. Christianity is less about cautiously avoiding sin than it is actively and courageously doing God's will. This is the widow active and creative. She's got nothing, she gives her all. And this is the really hard part for us. Because we live in North America and we've got everything we could possibly need. It's easier for us to avoid the bad than it is to do the good. We have so much, yet we find it harder to give of ourselves. It's easier of us for to avoid the bad than it is to do the good. But that falls short of what God wants for us and what we're capable of by God's grace. Because for Jesus, the question isn't just about keeping clear of bad religion, it's about becoming more like him. It's about learning like the widow to give everything we've got, not just money but our whole selves, to be, in the words of the second letter of Peter, a living sacrifice. Every moment of every day, every interaction, our jobs, our friendships, our time, our talent, our treasure, like the widow, all in. All in self-giving service of our neighbors, our enemies, in the service of the love beyond all other loves. For Jesus, the question is not how can we avoid bad religion, but the question is, in the words of the old African-American spiritual, have you got good religion? Because good religion won't just keep you out of trouble. It'll change you for good by the grace of God. So have you got good religion? 
If you don't, no need to despair. It's hard, like Jesus says, it's the way of the cross. But good religion is less like checking off a checklist of good deeds than it is a reorientation. It's more like starting off in one direction and going off the right direction home. It's not instant. It's a long journey. All the widow had to give was a few coins. She started with what she had. So start with what you have. Lent is the perfect time, the time that we're coming into. If you've got money, if you've got time, if you've got a skill that other people need, if you're giving of yourself out of your abundance, start with a small sacrifice. Put aside a week of that delicious, good Starbucks money, you know, to make a difference in somebody else's life instead. Log off Facebook and spend an afternoon or evening of that free time face-to-face -face with somebody who is lonely or down and out. If you've got a skill or a talent that helps you make a living, put it to the service of Christ. Because getting good religion, a life's journey with Jesus, starts with a single step in the right direction. Start small. Work with what you've got. So, to recap, there's good religion and there's bad religion. Bad religion leads to selfishness, arrogance, and hypocrisy, squeezing our neighbors for all they've got, but good religion gives it all we've got. Good religion transforms us. It's about everything, giving everything we've got back in gratitude to the God who gives everything away so we can live. It's hard, yes, but it's the way of Jesus Christ. And it's Christ who carries us on the way. And it's the only way we'll experience fullness of life, joy, eternal. So may we together, and may you learn to trust so deeply in the giver of good gifts that you're able to give everything you've got in the service of Christ and his kingdom. Beginning with those two coins that are in your pocket. Amen.